What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Welcome, welcome. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez. I'm excited about this show because we have some very interesting stats to look at regarding Blake Jarwin and his pretty soon return to the Dallas Cowboys because he is all he's already practicing. His practice window has been activated by the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about how much he means to this Cowboys offense. We'll get into some of the details. We'll also talk about the Cowboys playing their starters as Mike McCarthy is indicating this this week. And finally, we'll talk about TJ Watt's performance from last night and whether or not it finished Michael Parsons' of the year award so thank you guys for joining me i really appreciate it let's start the show officially welcome what is up shock thank you for joining the show what is up youtube audience facebook audience and of course twitter audience make sure you share the show if you're watching on facebook youtube or twitter let your friends know about adc sports dallas primetime and smash that like button thank you guys let's start the show officially here we go Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way for one more week of the regular season and then the playoffs, hopefully a longer version of the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys than many would expect. Hopefully that is the case. You can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for your favorite Cowboys articles and, of course, for your favorite Mavericks articles as well. Thank you, guys. What is up? Thank you for joining the show. Boxer Cowboy over at YouTube, Chuck in Facebook, Kenneth Fraser in Facebook, Charlene Evans, Tommy over at YouTube. Thank you, guys, for joining the show. Let's talk Blake Darwin. Because his practice window was activated. This means that he is set to return. He has been designated to return. That is the word that the NFL uses, designated to return. The Cowboys have 21 days starting today to activate him to the 53-man roster. I don't know that they will activate him this week because the Cowboys, of course, have a matchup ahead versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And what I mean by that, I don't know if they'll actually play him since it's a meaningless game, I don't know. Well, close to meaningless because mathematically, sure, the Cowboys could improve their playoff position, but it's not looking like an ideal scenario, like a likely scenario for the Cowboys. So the most likely outcome for Dallas, and by the way, Colt Patterson from ADC Sports Dallas had an interesting article about it over at the website. You can check that out after the show. But it is looking like the Cowboys will be at number four, who knows if they will play the Cardinals or the the Rams. We'll figure that out that out later. But hey, it's not looking like ah they will get a better seating than number four. So having said that, it is very likely that the Cowboys play a meaningless game on Saturday night versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know that they will activate Blake Jarwin. 
for that game or if they will they likely have to activate him for that game but if they'll actually play him that's another matter anyways is Blake Jarwin returning from injury a big deal small deal or no deal in your opinion let me know in the Facebook chat and the YouTube chat what do you think about this is Blake Jarwin returning from injury a big deal small deal or no deal for the Cowboys offense how much will it actually matter once the Cowboys get into the playoffs. Tommy says, I don't think they activate him this week. I think they activate him for the playoff game. The doubt just popped into my head, though. Do they need to activate him before the before the playoffs? Just Blaze. Oh, I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised by, by the answers. Just Blaze says no deal. Charlene Evans goes with no deal as well. Randall says big deal. Uh, Tommy says small deal. What is up, Corpsey? Thank you for joining the show. Appreciate the love over at Facebook. <laughs> These guys, man, you need to, you cannot make some of these comments up. Kenneth Fraser says, big deal. Chuck says, big deal. Run the 12th personnel. I'm going to tell you something. My answer is big deal. And I'm actually going to cheat a little bit here. And I'm going to invent a new category for this question. And I'm going to say, It is a huge deal for the Cowboys offense, even more so that you don't have Michael Gallup in the passing game. And I will tell you exactly why. I will go, I will get to two telling stats about how much Blake Jarwin actually means for this Cowboys offense. But first, I will tell you another step. And this is about targets for Sean McKeon and targets for Jeremy Sprinkle. In eight games, Sean McKeon has been targeted only six times. And then Jeremy Sprinkle, with 16 games under his belt this season, he has been targeted only two times, according to PFR. Now, that's not the two telling stats that I wanted to get into. But let's talk about 12 personnel for the Cowboys offense briefly. Let's take a look at how the Cowboys used 12 personnel and how efficient they were Weeks one through eight, which was when the Cowboys had Blake Jarwin. And then let's take a look at how the offense has used and how efficient they have been using 12 personnel, which means one running back, two tight ends, after the Blake Jarwin injury. I have the numbers right here. Weeks one through eight, they were using 12 personnel at 32% of the snaps. They were successful 58% of the time when they were using 12 personnel. Here are the key numbers, though. 5.7 yards per carry using 12 personnel, weeks 1 through 8. 9.4 yards per attempt. Compare that to weeks 9 through 17. Crazy difference. From using 12 personnel in 32% of the plays, it has gone down all the way down to 20% of the snaps. And this is actually kind of ironic as the Cowboys have been seeing way more too high defenses, more zone defenses trying to take away the deep game for the Cowboys passing attack. Success rate goes down to 50% and look at the difference between those numbers. From 5.7 yards per carry, you are all the way down to 3.8 yards per carry. And look at those yards per passing attempt. From 9.4, you have gone all the way down to 7.5, which is not really a very bad number. 
but the 3.8 yards per carry difference from the from weeks 9 to 17 compared to that 5.7 in the first few weeks of the season that is a huge difference for the Cowboys and also if you take a look at success rates it is so different with Blake Jarwin and without Blake Jarwin and I want to be clear here uh, I didn't isolate if there were any snaps without Blake Jarwin on the field on the first eight weeks of the season. But I we are working under the assumption that in most of them, Blake Jarwin was in, which is the logical thing to assume. But running the football, the Cowboys had a 56% success rate in those first eight weeks of the season compared to only 43%. And even without using those advanced stats, even without getting into EPA per play and all of that, you can see the difference with those with those stats. Yards per carry, 5.7 all the way to 3.8. And it is kind of weird, maybe, because Blake Jarwin it is, not, is not the best blocking tight end in the league. He really isn't. Yet the Cowboys were running the football way better when using 12 personnel with him in the lineup. And you might maybe assume, or maybe we could try to infer from these numbers that the fact that the Cowboys were kind of having these two tight ends that can actually run a route and be a threat in the passing game, maybe that made the running game a little bit easier to pull off using 12 personnel. So I think it is a huge deal for the Cowboys offense to get Blake Jarwin back in this lineup. And I think that it will show up in the running game and in the passing game. The fact that you use 12 personnel with guys like Jeremy Sprinkle and Sean McKeon, they might do their job in the blocking game, but the defenses are not scared about them being a threat as pass catchers. And I think that has cost the Cowboys a little bit when using this personal grouping. Hopefully, with Blake Jarwin back, they can go back to it a little bit more. And I believe that it, it would do a lot for a Cowboys offense that has been struggling to be consistent. I think that if they can fall back on 12 personnel with two tight ends that can actually be threat in the be a, a threats in the receiving game, I think that will open up more opportunities for the running game as well. Kenneth Fraser says, my hats go off for Gallup. He made an awesome catch, but tore his ACL, so he's gone for the season. Definitely sucks. Michael Gallup's situation has been a difficult one to digest, maybe. Because, hey, he has worked so far to be where he's at. He has worked so hard for a contract next offseason. I believe he will get it. If he looks for one in the market, I believe that some team will step up and really get Michael Gallup the payday that he deserves, even with the injury. A lot of players have been injured in contract years and then got paid uh, during the offseason. Look no further than, hey, even Dak Prescott. So... Hopefully, he gets his, his pay. If it's with the Cowboys, great. If it's with another team, also great for Michael Gallup, even though we'll miss him with the Dallas Cowboys. Arinso says that's going to open up things. That's going to open things up on offense with Darwin returning. I 100% agree. If you can go back to 12 personnel and be effective and efficient with it, it will open up things in the running game and in the passing game. Just says, even Zach Martin hasn't been on point lately. Bro, this offensive line needs a revamp. 
And I actually think that even though the Cowboys offensive line has not been great up front, I think that they're they are not the maybe the main issue for this Cowboys offense. And I've talked about this on the show. I, I actually feel like they're kind of underrated because they might be among the best offensive lines in the NFL. We know that according to PFF, at least, they are, I think that a, a couple of weeks ago, they were still ranked number one in, in, for PFF. I don't have them at number one, but I do have them up high, even though they've struggled. And I think that with Connor Williams, they had looked a little bit better. I think that the blocking game was not really, for the offensive line in the run game, has not been that bad lately. Tyron Smith struggled versus Chandler Jones. And it's interesting because Chandler Jones might match up well versus Tyron Smith. I think that the kind of player that he is is a mismatch for Tyron Smith. And we have maybe ignored that a little bit. What is up, Stevie Mac? Reminding people to hit the like button, share the show, and share the stream, of course. Thank you for being here. RB Nightmare says, pass blocking has been good, but our run blocking has been crap. And it has improved a little bit. That's what gives me hope here. That's what gives me hope. With Connor Williams, I feel like it has improved in recent weeks. The Cardinals game, bad example though. Cardinals game, definitely bad example. You cannot have Dalton Schultz blocking uh, Chandler Jones. And I know I have complained about it about 70 times already. But I'm going to keep complaining about it because you cannot be in that spot versus these teams like the Cardinals. So, yeah, I think that getting Blake Jarwin will be back. Uh, sorry, getting Blake Jarwin back will be huge for this Cowboys offense. I really do. Hopefully, we are able to confirm that in January, later in January, when the Cowboys are playing likely versus this Cardinals team once again because it, it, it is the most likely scenario right now. The Cowboys facing the Cardinals in the wild card round. Could be the Rams too. Could be the Rams too. I, I think that... We cannot rule out the possibility of the 49ers beating the Los Angeles Rams on, on next Sunday in week 18. And by the way, do you agree or disagree with, with playing the starters versus the Eagles? It's sounding like the Cowboys are going to play their starters. Ezekiel Elliott, who has been banked up for most of the season, he came out and said, I am playing this week. Dak Prescott after the game, said, I am going to play versus the Eagles. Mike McCarthy has also shared that message with his players. So it's looking like the Cowboys will go at it versus the Philadelphia Eagles next sun, next Saturday. That is Saturday night. The Cowboys are playing on Saturday night. And I sort of asked you this last Sunday, but we weren't quite sure whether or not the Cowboys were going to play their starters. Now it's seeming like a little bit more of an official deal. They're actually seven-point favorites in the NFL right now to beat the Eagles. Do you agree or disagree with playing the starters versus the Eagles? Peter Rizzo says he agrees. Kenny over at Facebook says he agrees as well. I got to tell you, I agree too. I wouldn't mind it if if they go with, a, with an approach like Charlene Evans is saying on, on the YouTube chat, first half only. I wouldn't mind that. But I think that facing this Eagles defense might be might be an opportunity to get right, to get things clicking. 
maybe have that confidence that you had after the Washington game. And I'm not suggesting that the Cowboys are about to drop 56 on the Eagles. I, I really am not. But I think that the Cowboys can have an efficient outing on offense versus Philadelphia. And if you can get that confidence back after a game in which you struggled versus a winning team and likely the team that you will face again in the playoffs, hey, I'm all for it. If you want to go for it, let's, let's do it. I know that we don't want to risk injuries. I know that it's a delicate situation and we will hate it if someone does get injured in Saturday and we will complain about it if it ends up happening. I realize that. But I understand getting that continuity. I understand seeking that uh, continuity. And I would respect it if they come out swinging versus the Eagles. And as Charlene Evans, maybe first half only and then rest your key starters. I wouldn't like Ezekiel Elliott getting a lot of carries, though, for example. Maybe try to mix that up a little bit more with Tony Pollard, who cannot be getting only three carries, by the way. He got only three carries versus the Cardinals. And that is something that I still don't understand. Randall says, I agree. It is a good way to get reps, get continuity. Daniel Estrada says, agree. Patrick says, play them and throw to Coop more. The man is a playmaker and the bank. Paul says, disagree. RB Nightmare says, I am 50-50 on this one, but I like to see the guys that need to rest rest and the guys that need reps get those reps. And it is a delicate balance, what we're playing with here. Because sure, you don't want maybe Ezekiel Elliott to play because he's been banged up. But you want, like if Dak is playing, you want the entire offensive line starting for, for the Cowboys. And you want the receivers as well. You want it to be worth it. So I am 100% in agreement with resting the players that need to rest because they're dealing with injuries. But I also understand that there's a certain balance to it. And if the guys that need rest are a lot, then maybe you're better off resting all of them, right? Burl Killer says, as a fan, I want the starters, but the reality of it says otherwise. Kylie says, I didn't think we're playing... didn't think we are playing our starters. I want to, but I think we are getting out second strings. They want to keep them healthy. Would fully understand it as well. Like, I agree with playing them. That's my personal preference. If the Cowboys decide to, at the last second, pull them back and not, not, uh, not actually play them, I would fully understand it and I would fully respect it. But I would, uh, I, I would like them to try to get that confidence back. Because you can see that they have been dealing with those confidence issues, right? And they even, they've even talked about it after the Washington game. We know though that they know that they're in a slump, offensively speaking. And to me, there is no better evidence for that than the Giants game when Dak Prescott was sacked and they forced a fumble on that sack, the Giants did. I think that that is a play in which Dak Prescott clearly has the two checkdowns in front of him. Yet he's looking for the deep shot. He's looking for the dagger to put the Giants away. And all of those examples, maybe the fact that he was looking for that, kind of maybe was Dak Prescott trying to get the offense out of the slump. So I think that they know that they're in this situation. And I wonder if a strong performance versus Philadelphia in week 18 would actually help their confidence. Arinza says everyone should play starting off, then sit them later in the game. We need this win. 
Mr. Master Fitness says the offensive guys need to play. We need to play our younger guys on defense. I need Michael Parsons to play, by the way. And it might be a selfish thing to say, but I want to see Michael Parsons at the very least tie Javon Kears for the, for the rookie sack record. And I realize I, I, I'm halfway kidding, but I would love to see that, though. Stanton says starters need to play. They have to wake up and find themselves. Burl Killer, interesting player to discuss. Tyron Smith should see it. If you play your starters, I'm all in for I am all in for Tyron Smith playing. Because I believe that the Cowboys were patient with Tyron Smith. So I believe that right now he's actually healthy and ready to go. I don't think they're really taking a huge risk in terms of health by playing Tyron Smith. I think, like some reporters have indicated, this was a plan all along to get him to return for the Cardinals game. Clearly, not a great game for him versus Chandler Jones. But I think that it, it, he should play if the starters play. That's just my take. I want to see right, says Mr. Master Fitness, with uh, Bossman and Vicks. I don't want to see a V. Ooh, that would be interesting. Let's get Calvin Joseph some snaps. He has been so good for the Cowboys, in my opinion. He has been sticky in coverage, and he has been a plus tackler as well. Boxer Cowboys saying... Resting players has never worked for the Cowboys historically. When we back into the playoffs, we lose the first game. Charlene Evans says, if it's a Saturday afternoon game, the weather expected 33 degrees. If night game, 21 degrees. It is at 7.15 p.m. Central Time, the Cowboys game. Oof. Play him. Philly would love to mess him up, says Beryl Killer. I think Steele is better than him, says Kenny. I'm not there yet. Definitely not there yet. Especially over on the left side. Like Terence Steele. Terence Steele's best play came over at the right side. At the left side, I believe that he struggled quite a bit. Enough for us to question whether or not he's a true swing tackle. Which it isn't a bad thing not to be. Like if Steele is a right tackle, a quality right tackle, that's more than okay. But I think that swing tackle, I have my questions if he's that even though he improved on the left side. I am 100% taking Tyron Smith over Terrence Steele any day of the week, definitely. Real C, I think that the Cowboys will play their starters at least for a for, a, for the first half. They definitely will. I don't think that they'll, they're lying to us. I think they walk out strong with their starters and hoping to put the game away early. Not, not necessarily put the game away, just try to have a good offensive performance but also by being careful because you're one week away from the playoffs. You're not likely to improve your seating in the conference. And also you might not want to share a lot of what you might do scheme-wise in the playoffs. It will be a fun game. Also, maybe a measuring stick for the defensive line facing a quality offensive line from the Eagles and a run game that has been quite fun to watch as a, from a neutral perspective. Anyways, let's move on to what happened last night. And I'm not talking ah, I'm not talking about Big Ben's retirement, which was kind of emotional, not going to lie. I like Big Ben, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about TJ Watt single-handedly tearing our hearts away apart. And I know that ah, 
You might have felt this way when watching Monday night. But this guy went at it versus the Browns' right tackle. And Baker Mayfield is definitely a quarterback that will take plenty of sacks. But TJ Watt ended the night with four sacks. He is now at over 20. 20 and a half sacks for TJ Watt. And he has played like what? 12 games, I believe, this season because he missed time with an injury and then with COVID-19. But his four-sack performance might have ended the race for Defensive Player of the Year. And that is the question for you guys. Truth or false? TJ Watt's four-sack performance ended Parsons' chance at Defensive Player of the Year. I hate it, but I think that that is the truth. I think that voters, at the end of the day, are humans. And I think that the fact that TJ Watt is over 20 sacks, one of the very few select players to ever pull it off. And he has one more game to actually break the record from Michael Strahan. It might happen, by the way, and I think that it could happen versus the Ravens. That's a weak offensive line. We might see TJ Watt break the record next weekend. But I think that the fact that he's over that 20 sack mark, the fact that he was so close to winning the award last year, it is seeming, it is, it is looking like he will get most of the votes. I will say true, but I still believe that Micah will get votes. I, I don't think that it will be a very clear win for TJ Watt. I believe that the voting will be quite close. What is up, Clayton? Thank you for being here. And more than anything, thank you for smashing that like button. I really appreciate it. Kylie says, I seriously love your thoughts. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you for being with me every Sunday through Thursday night. We're here live at 8 p.m. Central. Paul says, true. Peter Riso goes with, unfortunately, true. Uh, Stevie Mac says, should be false, but they'll base it more on stats, unfortunately. Parsons has done so much stuff that unfortunately doesn't show up on that stat sheets. That is true. Micah will not lead the NFL maybe in sacks because he's not that edge rusher full-time. But the fact that he's playing linebacker, off-the-ball linebacker, then edge rusher, then we have seen him at cornerback a few times. We have seen him one-on-one versus Kenny Gallaudet, basically, and beat him to the spot. So I think that Parsons' work this season will get him enough votes to be a close race, but I don't think that he will end up with the award. Chalk says, Watts is two sacks away from breaking Strahan's record. That is so impressive, especially because he didn't play 16 games, let alone 17. Arby Neidmer, I appreciate the confidence, though, because I kind of needed that. Uh, Parsons will get Rookie Defensive Player of the Year. I can see Diggs get votes for DPOY. 11 picks is still impressive, but Arby Neidmer still says it is still false. He still has a chance. Hey, I would be blown away if Michael Parsons gets Defensive Player of the Year. Here is how the betting markets feel, though, about it. I was looking at the odds. These are from DraftKings, if I'm not mistaken. The odds to win Defensive Player of the Year are a TJ Watt minus 400. Heavy favorite already. It was a plus 200 a week ago, both of them. TJ Watt minus 400, Michael Parsons plus 450. 
Clayton says if they based defensive player of the year on his impact and all of his responsibilities, it would be Parsons by a landslide. So I'm going to take this chance and this space as an opportunity to tell you the truth. I was frustrated watching TJ Watt Greg havoc on Monday Night Football. I was, I'm not talking about low-key frustrated. I was talking about it felt as if I was watching the Cowboys lose a game. And then later, before going to sleep, I, ha I had a moment of clarity. We shouldn't let TJ Watt taking the Defensive Player of the Year award ruin Michael Parsons' season for us. He has been so impressive, like insanely impressive for the Cowboys in 2021. What he has done is really historically special. I know that some people get mad at the Lawrence Taylor comparisons, but it's not like we're comparing him in the sense of, oh yeah, Parsons is the same player as the GOAT. We're not saying that. We're saying that what Parsons has come in and done as a rookie player has been be a hybrid player who has been lit at all of the assignments that he has had. That is what we're saying when we make these comparisons or when we discuss these comparisons. So, hey, shouldn't be at all ruling out this uh, Michael Parsons candidate as a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. But even if he doesn't get it, I think that his season will not be forgotten at all. Nobody counts how many times Parsons was held. And I actually was a little bit surprised by the fact that if you take a look at total pressures, according to profootballreference.com, Parsons is about two pressures away from TJ Watt. But the fact that TJ has been able to convert those pressures into sacks so often this season is so impressive. Tribe asks, Mauricio, are you concerned about Greg the leg? I 100% I'm concerned about Greg Sarlane. However, I don't think that the Cowboys have anyone to turn to. And I think that he will remain the kicker for the Cowboys. And I don't think that that is such a wrong thing. I am concerned about it. But I don't know that picking up someone from free agency is an upgrade at the position. Even... Though we are not that confident about Greg, I don't think that I would be more confident about any potential free agent signing. You know the deal says the only award that matters in the NFL is the Lombardi Trophy. Let's get that one instead. Hey, I'm in for that plan. I am in for that plan. Uh, very slim chance to, to get uh, Pittsburgh in the play. Definitely. Definitely. Steelers. Okay, I'm back. All right. Sorry about that. Kind of froze there, I believe. That was weird. Hadn't had those issues in a while now. Uh, Randall says, I truly agree. Parsons is such a great player. He has exceeded my expectations. I 100% agree with that. Listen, 
when we talk about who's the player that has surprised you the most this season, a lot of people will say Jaron Kears. And I think that is a valid answer. Some people will, will mention other players. But to me, it's got to be Micah. Even though he came in with high expectations, he has exceeded those ridiculously high expectations. Because we didn't know that Micah was actually going to, to rush the passer as many times as he did. We knew that he could be an elite linebacker in the NFL. And we maybe knew that he was going to be efficient if the Cowboys asked him to rush the passer. But we didn't know that he was going to be leading the NFL in pressure rate, that he was going to be having as many pressures as he has. That is just game changer stuff from Micah Parsons. My super chat froze too, says Charlene Evans. That makes sense. Maybe it was a YouTube thing. Yes, everybody at ADC Sports Dallas is having internet problems lately, says TV Mac. Yeah, I know Sky had some issues this morning. That sucks. It is so frustrating. Like, I cannot even begin to tell you how frustrating it is when the streams start getting laggy and stuff because sometimes it is out of your control. Like, you can check the internet before the stream, and uh, it's just frustrating experience. By the way, we might have a... We might have a ADC Sports Dallas Multiverse thing coming for you guys next week. I might be joining. That is the plan. Uh, might be joining Sky's show in the morning next week for the wild, before the wildcard round. And then the week after that, win or lose, Sky is going to be joining ADC Sports Dallas primetime. So get ready for that multiverse in ADC Sports Dallas. We're excited about it. Uh, Hit the like button. Thank you, Boxer. Thank you for that. Please hit the like button if you're watching. So, yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you for joining the show. I really appreciate you uh, Appreciate you supporting, choosing to listen to Primetime. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And also, check out the website, adcsports.com slash Dallas. You can read about the most likely playoff scenario for the Cowboys there. Cole Patterson had an article about it. Tomorrow morning, I will have an article out on what we discussed about Blake Jarwin, but make sure you check out most articles in there are really great stuff. All of them, actually. Uh, Cowboys articles, Mavericks articles. Make sure you check it out on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, guys. Smash that like button, and I will see you tomorrow night 8 p.m. Central. Appreciate you guys. 